Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Double Take with the Safety Brothers. I'm Alex Safey, here with my brother, Johnny Boy, not Jonathan, John Safey. John, how are you doing this fine Friday morning? We're good. You know, we're back on the grind. Two, two episodes a week, we're going to be pumping these out for all of our loyal listeners and our <laughs> NBA lovers and our Heat fans. And, uh, you know, last night... Got that Heat W last That's night right. uh, over the Rockets. We, I mean, we said this was going to happen. We said once we started doing some more yeah. podcasts, there's clearly a, not even a correlation, it's causation when uh-huh. when we're doing our pod and the Heat are playing basketball. So we'll say for now, we're, we got four straight wins and two straight episodes on the week. <laughs> So let's keep these good vibes rolling. Let's, let's get into it. what do we got for Especially today, as the Heat, we have the long, or it's going to tie our franchise record for the longest road trip. We have seven yeah. games on the road. And those but tough Western Conference teams for sure. For this special Friday episode, what John and I are going to do is give our top 10 teams in the NBA so little power rankings after one-third of the season has elapsed. Most teams have played John about 25 games, which is in the 72-game season. That's actually over one-third of the season. So we thought it'd be a good time to, of course, rank the top 10 teams. We're going to go from 1 to 10, and we're going to go every other. So I'm going to start, John. This Let's is, hear it. Who's this, number one? There's no surprise here. The top team in the NBA is currently the LA Lakers. No, it's not the Utah Jazz who have the best record. Obviously. But the Lakers, I mean, the Jazz have, John, what's their little streak that they're on? They've won 15 the Jazz. Out of- so the Jazz started off 4-4 four and four to start the season. So being 500 their first eight games. And they've won now 16 of their last 17 games. Yeah. So- including some really good teams. You know, they just beat the Celtics the other night too, which I thought would have been a, a good matchup giving... What Boston could do defensively, but Jazz have been rolling through Western teams, Eastern teams. They do have a tough stretch coming up, but they are twenty and five right now. And so, that's you got to be pretty scorching hot to do that, John. Sixteen of seventeen, and their current record is twenty and five, and the Lakers are just one game behind them. The Lakers are actually not even half a game. The mm-hmm. Lakers have twenty wins and six losses to the Jazz's twenty and five. So, I'm using the Jazz as how hot they're playing. Is a way to let's. That's a way to see how incredible that the Lakers have been all season long, winning just just after last night. They've won or two nights ago. They've won three straight games in overtime, which I honestly don't even know how that two happened. Two of them were to the Oklahoma we're against Thunder. OKC. You're right, but and I mean when you look at it, it's because Anthony Davis has been he's been out for a little period right. of time, um, which is good that they're it's a, it's an Achilles injury, so it's good that they're taking their time on that. But the Lakers are the best team in the NBA right now. They're still my pick to win the title. You know, after last season, we saw how great they were, and they did have a lot of changes on their bench, but it, I think it only made them better. Guys like Dennis Schroeder and Montrez Harrell can can carry the offensive load for long periods of time. Adding a veteran like Marcus Saul and, and what he's brought to the table with not only his defense, which is what he's known for, but his passing. And of course, he's just a high IQ player, smart goes, guy. Having Rondo in there like last year, now having you know a guy like Schroeder in there, Gasol, just smart players all on that team. And it goes without saying that you know the number one reason for their success is LeBron James, who we say this year after year, but this year especially. I mean, you know, now he's four rings. You know, he's played more minutes than anybody in the league, and I think and he's approaching like the most minutes in history, and if you include playoffs. But he's just still playing at an incredibly high level. He's averaging 25, 7, and 7. Or actually, it's actually 25, 8, and 8. 7.9, 7.9. So he's still giving you the classic LeBron stat line. Right. And 
he's been incredible right now. Actually, I know we talked about MVPs on Monday, but I think that right now he's still he's he's right in the mix. And well, just to he, go back, he'll to get the, a lot of votes. The MVP tracker that we've been looking at on Basketball Reference, they still got they got Jokic one, Embiid two, LeBron three. So I'm still sticking with Embiid right now. That's who I've got. You know, Nuggets have come back after a slow start. They're 13 and 11. We know they're going to continue to you know, build that case up and Jokic will continue to build his MVP case as he's right now. He's averaging career highs in like pretty much every statistic. Yeah. Definitely can't disagree with you with your number one pick with the Lakers. Uh, I think it's interesting. We're going to start to recognize the trend. We're going to see with all these top teams. And, you know, a few years ago, we looked at teams like the Cavaliers at the top, who was their big man, you know, like Kevin Love, I guess. And the Warriors never really had they, their death lineup included Draymond Green at center. Right. Um, even the Rockets, you know, going super small. They were one of the top teams for a while. They did have Clint Capella, but he's more just like a lob catcher, rim uh, protector kind of guy. Now we look at these top teams, Jazz, Sixers, uh, um, Nuggets, you know, all these teams. Even mm-hmm. the Bucks, of course, you know, with Bucks, Giannis, Giannis, even you want to go to like the Suns. The Suns have DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. So I think this year we're starting to see that shift back. You know, first went to the smaller guys with the Steph, the Dames, the Hardens, the Westbrooks. Now we're going back to bigger guys dictating who's at the top of the list. And I think if you're going to take a crack at the undisputed number one team at the Lakers, because of all the reasons you said, because of LeBron James and what he's doing without Anthony Davis at full strength, if you're going to crack at them, you need to be big down low. And that's why I have this next team at number two for the power rankings. And I don't see power rankings as much as... You know, who's the hottest team right now? Because, of course, it's the Jazz right now. They've just been the hottest after, you know, like I said, winning 16 of their last 17, um, going on the, on the hot streak that they've been on. Two for me is the Sixers. And we were thinking about Alex today, talking about Bradley Beal trades. And this was one of the trades I would have talked about with Ben Simmons for Bradley Beal. Mm-hmm. And you think about it because Simmons has been a disappointment this year. Me, I had him as, like, my favorite guy with, like, the really, really good MVP odds because I just saw him, like, putting the shooters around him Danny Green and Seth Curry as a, as a ball handler and a shooter and you know getting rid of Al Horford opens up the paint for him and seeing all that I liked him as the MVP guy of the Sixers instead it's been the center Joel Embiid now who yeah now I'm on that case I'm <laughs> on the Embiid wave I'm sticking with my team to come out of the east the reason I don't think I can do a Simmons for Beal trade as great as a yeah, I don't think the is, doing anything. I don't think I can because of what I just said. You have to take out the Lakers. And who's better equipped to do that than a team with a guy like Ben Simmons, who is a great defender and has the same build and size as LeBron. He can go up against LeBron. And then a guy down low in Embiid, who also is making you know, a case to be on an all-defensive first team this year, as well as he's building his MVP case for him to go up against Anthony Davis down low. So for that reason, the Sixers, to me, are the next team I have to have up. I know a lot of people are going to say the Nets. I know Vegas has the Nets as the next highest odds after the Lakers win the title. But to me right now, that next team up is the team that I predicted before the season started. It might be for a few different reasons, but right now, I like what I'm seeing out of MVP and beating the Sixers. Yeah, and so I don't, I'm not going to really, I don't have too strong of a disagreement with that. I mean, I think it's a, it's a fine pick for number two. They are the, at the top of the East. You got you to gotta give them respect for that. Um, and as far as your Ben Simmons take, I definitely wouldn't trade Ben Simmons. <laughs> I'm definitely a Ben Simmons truther. Everyone wants to hate on him. He's still giving you 14, 8, and 8, despite every, you know, what everyone wants to say. And he's not, he, of course, he's not a three-point shooter. This year, he is shooting three-pointers at a higher percentage than Jimmy Butler. That's neither here nor there. I mean, how um, many shot even? <laughs> I don't even know, actually, but we'll look at that later. Um, but I think their success definitely comes down to Embiid's MVP play. And I do like the way they match up with the Lakers. 
no matter what Simmons gives you, you know he's going to be there on the defensive end, and he's going to be as equipped to, as anyone to stop LeBron or to slow down LeBron James right. when he stops LeBron. Um, but I will say that I think you're disrespecting the Jazz here, and I guess it just comes down to a difference in opinion of how power rankings work. But to me, it's not necessarily the uh, you know who do we think has the best shot because at the end of the day, they'd probably be very, mostly similar throughout the whole season. If you look at if you look at the power rings, I think you have to give respect to the teams that are especially hot right now. And who and who today are who? How would you rank these teams? Which is why then I guess this will be the number three team. I'm putting the Utah Jazz right there because what they're doing is nothing short of incredible. And I'm someone, John, who totally, totally underrated them, slept on them in the preseason. And I know we saw all these teams rising in the West. We saw Phoenix would be improving. We thought Nuggets would improve. We really thought Mavericks would improve, which we we were both way off on that one. Um, and which they still have time to get together, but but the one team that I kind of was sleeping on all, all along was the Utah Jazz. I kind of was just putting them in that bottom like seven or eight seed area, and clearly that will not be the case this year. They're twenty and five, best record in the league, and something that blew my mind, John. You know, Kevin O'Connor for the Ringer has his new series or not his new series. He's continued from the bubble with his little yeah, videos, really cool. And something that he outlined, which I didn't know, it's pretty mind blowing to me. Out of their nine rotation guys, two of them don't shoot threes. It's their two centers, Derek Favors and their starter, Rudy Gobert, don't shoot threes. So that's you have seven guys shooting threes. Only two of them, George Niang and Jordan Clarkson, are shooting under 40% from behind the arc. That's ridiculous. It's, it's insane. To have it's, five guys shooting above 40% from threes. I mean, three. you go Mike Conley, 41. Donovan Mitchell, 42. Uh, Bogdanovich, 41.5. Royce, Royce O'Neal, 45.5. And then uh, Joe Ingles off the bench, which that's been huge for them too. Also, Jordan Clarkson, you know, he's shooting. It's not like he's shooting too far below. He's, he's at thirty eight percent, and he's going to be the sixth man of the year as of as of now. I'd say. Right. I think, and I think actually, you you ended up picking him. I think Sean, right? In I did. He, that was you know all my picks were kind of heat centric. I had Spo at one. I had he, you know Hero for either a sixth man or, or no, no, I'm sorry, for most improved. I had Bam for Defensive Player of the Year. Of course, we've gotten off to such a sloppy start in the first third of the season that we probably lost all those cases. The one that I was correct on was yeah. Jordan Clarkson. I mean, this dude is just—he's just a bucket, and that, that's that's all you can say. He's averaging 17 points a game. But uh, I mean, the other thing about the Utah Jazz is obviously they're they're incredibly they're shooting incredibly well on the offensive end, but their defense and and what Rudy Gobert as that defensive anchor, what he's been doing, and and their lineup too is it's pretty it's a pretty small lineup. You have him seven foot in the paint, and then Bogdanovich is six eight, and then after that you have your three other guards or wings or whatever you want to call them. Is, are well, six, six foot, six two, and then Ingles Royce might be about. Well, Ingles is off the six. bench though, but right. and I still I think he's probably six six, but Royce O'Neal is six four, so you got three guys yeah, in your lineup six four, six, eight, Bogdanovich six eight, yeah. So, but I have to give them a lot of credit, and I think also one other reason that I slept on them is because I wasn't factoring in the coach factor, and Quinn Snyder is. Right now, he's on pace to be coach of the year, in my opinion. So, yeah, no, got to give mean, him a ton of credit as well. No doubt. Right now, Quinn Snyder is coach of the year. They're they're the, un, the only team right now with a top four defensive and offensive rating. So, and that's they're up there. If you want to be good on both ends, you know that that's what I'm talking about. These teams up here, Sixers, Lakers. That's why we're gonna see the Bucks and the Nets at lower parts of the list because they haven't been as good defensively. One thing I'll say to respond to you, Alex, is with power rankings, okay, you want to give the team with the hot hand their dues. I'm fine with having them up there at three. But my question is, do you really think they could beat, like right now, if a seven-game series started, a series with against the Sixers or my next team, the Clippers, 
who I'll talk about for in a sec. But first, just what do you think about that? Them well, versus the Clippers. I mean, they've right been now, hot. They've been great. But I don't know if they're going to take out Kawhi and Paul George. Like I said, I'm not totally factoring it as far as like a, uh, a seven-game series. But do I think – yeah, I think they're pretty evenly matched with the Sixers. I mean, the Sixers just blew a game last night to to Portland. And I understand they're on a, on a Western Conference road trip. But – CJ McCollum's out of the lineup, so like I don't know. I don't. I think those are games that like the Jazz clearly haven't been dropping those type of games, which right. is why I'm just gonna give them the the benefit of the doubt. And the Clippers, um, I know I still have to. You have to, even though after last year they're disappointing, what happened in the playoffs, you still have to bet on Kawhi and Paul George. But I think I think the Jazz are even the match with them as well. And I wouldn't be shocked. That could go seven, and I'm sure a lot of people. On, I think on paper, it's like the Clippers, you'd say, yeah, the Clippers are way better. Right. But no, I think the Jazz would have a definitely have a shot in that series. All right, so yeah, you know, just to, to, to now to build on the argument for my for the number four team we got here, uh, I think it's interesting, Jazz and Clippers back-to-back, because to me, you see the difference maker that just a painful loss in the playoffs that the year before can give you. Both of these teams dropped 3-1 leads to the Nuggets, and you know they went home from Orlando, from the bubble, <laughs> being as hungry as ever in their careers. Like, you know, that's something C.J. McCollum actually said. He was on the Bill Simmons podcast. He's like, yeah, you know, I think it might have been, you know, one of the best things that to happen to Paul George was to hit the side of the backboard on that shot. And that's like <laughs> the defining moment, I think. That was like rock, absolute rock yeah, bottom. Yeah, that's the defining moment that. of like that uh, just series and that collapse was like how bad they were. They're down. It's like, all right, what are you going to do? Are you going to make a comeback in this game seven and like come back and win it after the Nuggets had made a 3-1 comeback? And what does he do? He hits the side of the backboard and it just was a horrible way and to end the season. Both these teams end up blowing 3-1 leads. The the Jazz with uh, losing off of Mike Conley, missing that three that's like kind of in and out that would have gotten them yeah. to the next round. And they have that to go home and think about. The, uh, the Nuggets, on the other hand, you know, they did as well the as Nuggets, they could have. The they Clippers, maximized. The I'm talking about the Nuggets. Oh. The Nuggets maximized their potential. They got all the way to Western Conference Finals. And look, slow start. Same thing with the Miami Heat. And I'm not going to say that the Heat aren't as hungry. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll I will say we aren't as hungry because, for one, of course, the COVID, uh, that's not about hunger. COVID, you know, is a reason that they've started off slow. But the Heat also... Um, you know, we maximize our potential and you're just not as hungry going in. We dropped the game to the Wizards without Russell Westbrook. Like, mm-hmm. there's a, there's part of you that if you're just hungry the way the Jazz and the Clippers are coming out now after their disgusting losses last year, yeah. they're going to win those games. And, and that's why I think teams like the Nuggets and the Heat have started off a little slow. Yeah, and then, I I mean, just to go back to Paul George, he's right now, John, he's shooting 50, 47, 90. Yeah. He's shooting almost 50% from behind the arc, which is... As you mentioned, after that that shot hitting the, the side of the backboard, clearly he's he's playing with just another level of focus and, I mean, and excellence. I mean, it was a short offseason too, but it was a short offseason of just a lot of roasting him on Twitter and social media and the media writing you know bad uh, articles about him. So you you expect the guy to come out like that. So Alex, who's next? Who so you got? The, the, so right now we got Lakers, Sixers, Jazz, Clippers, and I with number fifth. Uh, spot I'm gonna say that is the Milwaukee Bucks, and I think the main thing with them all season long has just been, you know, the last two seasons we've seen them absolutely dominate in the regular season. We've seen them blow the doors off of teams in the regular season from start to finish, and and have you know, histor- top ten all time you know uh, point differentials. 
But in the end, what did it really matter? It didn't. It didn't matter at the end of the day. So I think with them, if we're looking big picture, do I still believe in them? I do still believe in them. Some people would probably say that it's stupid to still believe in them after after everything. But the two main things that uh you know that I the points why I still think they have a shot, why I think they're the fifth best team in the NBA, is Chris. I still do believe in Chris Middleton. He's incredibly underrated. He has been playing very well. He's he's their closer. He's the guy who's going to close out games. And you know, last two nights ago, they played the Phoenix Suns. They went down to the end of the game, and Giannis, their last play, they were down one point. Their last play of the game is Giannis shooting a mid-range jumper. That should not be the play. Either <laughs> lob it to Giannis, get Giannis to the basket, or give the ball to Chris Middleton. But I know, this, isn't this the point though with this team? I mean, everyone, no. all all the sports media, all the talking heads. Everyone made this point time and time again after they lost in the playoffs two years in a row to the two Eastern Conference champions, the Raptors with Kawhi and then the Heat, of course, last year. Isn't this the point with this team that when they need a game, when a game's on the line, they need a, sh- a bucket the most, having a guy like Giannis, having a guy like Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal, similar. Shaq needed his Kobe. He needed his Dwayne Wade, right? And now we're looking at this team, Giannis down low. A team could just send three defenders at him, and he dishes it out. This is my point. He dishes it out to Eric Bledsoe, and what happens? You know, hits the, the rim and misses, and the game's over. Giannis, or Giannis gets down, and, and he you know he didn't go down into the paint because they walled up, and he shoots a mid-range shot. No, he and, can't shoot. Well, I think, to me, that comes down to coaching. Coaching. I mean, it's similar. it honestly reminds me a little bit of Durant and Westbrook, and it'd be like, end of the game, and Westbrook would be shooting, you know, ill-advised shots. It was like, why would you have Westbrook shooting when you have a guy in Kevin Durant that's so incredible? And so, obviously, I'm not saying Middleton is better than Giannis, but Middleton is way more equipped in the end of the game situations to win games for you. You know, I we talked about Paul George, who's 50, 40, 90, or 50, 47, 90. Chris Middleton is not far behind. He's 51, 45, 91. Yeah. I mean, and, and once again, in the regular season, we've seen them do this before. And Chris Middleton is a guy who, if you look at the past two years, he does shrink in the playoffs. If you just look, compare his regular season stats to his yeah. to his playoff stats. But I really do believe in him. And, and I think he will be the X factor. Like last year, I think Giannis has a level to move up in the playoffs. He can play better than he has in the playoffs. But I also think that Middleton is like even more of an X factor. And this is not even to mention Drew Holiday. And I think, you know, the team right now that's clearly we've left out in the top five are the Brooklyn Nets and their biggest issue is their defense. That's not an issue for the Milwaukee Bucks. While the Milwaukee Bucks have been better on the defensive end of the floor in the past few years, their lineup of when you can have a guy in the playoffs, you can put up a lineup of Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Giannis, and Brooke Lopez in the paint. And with, with, you know, whoever the, that fifth guy ends up being in that lineup, that's a very, very good defensive lineup in the playoffs, which is why I think they are, they're better than the Nets and why today. And, and hopefully I, I still think, I mean, if I had to put money, I would pick them over the Nets in, in the seven-game series, mm-hmm. which might be crazy. No, I mean, that's not. And, you know, that is the team I have next, the, the Nets. And, you know, putting them at number six on our list here, some people might be surprised by that. But at the end of the day, they haven't, as much as all the star power on paper looks great, they have not been that team on a nightly basis. And Kyrie even was the one who... Who was you know complaining about it and, and and saying you know yeah we haven't been good like we need to be better We're, we don't seem like a team that's gonna you know win a title right now because of we drop games like on you know regular they lost, nights to, they lost to Detroit the other exactly day. to not good teams so 
I mean, these are the things we talked about. And Alex, you know, I was more on the, all right, listen, they got three dudes. Like, here they are. And you were like, no, bro, they're not going to be good. The locker room situation or whatever. To me, it's not about that. It's really just about defense. And, and they don't have bigs right now. You know, you swap the positions <laughs> around. And you could honestly, like, you could honestly swap Harden for a guy that's probably less talented, but is a better position and it might be a better fit. And I, would me, say, I would say Irving. I would say swap Irving. Stop, stop Kyrie. Harden or Irving. Harden's better. Those those guards. To me, having Harden and KD, like, that's as good as any tandem in the NBA. You're right. So, I mean, so that was my go, thing was this was going to be the Kyrie. Would you rather have given, so would you rather have given up Kyrie but kept, you know, Levert and Jared Allen? No. Um, no, because I still think that team, like, just having. I think just, I was honestly looking at it, like. I wouldn't. Here's why, John. Because just because, just having Jared Allen isn't going to be. A huge difference. Oh, and Levert off the defense. bench. I'm just saying. I depth think they still too. need. They need a little more wing defense as well, or even guard defense. Ky- I mean, but you can't have any wing defenders because you know who's playing the, all the wing spots? Harden, Katie, no, uh, Joe Harris, Harris. There. Joe Harris, like, and Joe Harris. Have a guy saying. instead of Joe Harris, you can put out maybe a guy like a PJ Tucker. We don't know if he's gonna get bought out. We don't know if okay. he's gonna be traded. Things like that. But if you had a guy like like that who like he's not gonna be, he's not gonna hurt you on the offensive end. He'll hit open shots here and there. But defensively, like, he's, okay. he's very respectful. But again, Alex, the trend we've had. I also like the Celtics this season, but they're going to be lower on this list the same way the Nets are because, to me, they don't have that big down low. I mean, Tristan Thompson is, is a better big down low than what the Nets got with Katie at their five. Katie's going to have to go through Giannis and Brooke Lopez down low, Embiid and Simmons down low, LeBron and Anthony Davis down low, like, Kevin Durant, is he Bam. The, <laughs> Bam and Jimmy Butler, right, if the Heat can get, get it together. Is that is, is KD at the five, is that going to happen? Because I know that's not what he signed up for when well, he went here and when I he think, signed off on the Harden trade. So DeAndre Jordan, you know, he's not the Lob City, almost de- defensive player of the year, almost all-star type of guy that he once was. So what are we expecting? What are we going to see from this team? It's not coming from Noah Vonley. What is it? Well, it, oh yeah, Noah Vonley. Well, it's so interesting, John, because I think Josh Eberly tweeted this, who he has a podcast, but he's a guy on Twitter, like I follow a big NBA right. guy. And he was saying, he's like, the situation is so like interesting and like almost like, I think he said, I don't know what word he used, but he, he's basically saying it's so warped. Like you have the best scorer in the league and, and arguably one of the best scorers of all time, but you need him to be like your best defensive player if you're going to be yeah. successful. Oh, and it's, it's just backwards. it's just crazy when you have and and that's why I mean I said it I honestly I'm pat myself on the back when that trade happened I was like this Harden all this Harden trade does to me is like make them even better on offense but the offense wasn't a weak point of that team that right. team was already scoring a ton of points mm-hmm. and Karis Levert off the bench was a was a guy it was a guy that was helping them trading him for Harden is ultimately what the trade was trading him for Harden didn't it wasn't to me that wasn't gonna do anything. You're already, you know, a nine point five out of ten on offense. What now you're a nine point six, nine point seven? Uh, and and yeah. it, and all I th- I thought I was doing was creating a p- more potential for chemistry issues, which actually there haven't been that. However, which the other that's one, what I was right yeah, about. The other big thing was defense. And their defense right now they're like the bottom five in the league. Yeah, so I mean, just put to put this team at six here. It's it's just a, a you know giving the respect to the all stars that how good those three guys are saying I think they'll figure it out but also I'm looking down the East the only team I'm worried about which is the same thing I think I said at the beginning of this I still like the Sixers you know the the Nets are, are could, could be up there with them if they figure it out and how they can be more consistent on a nightly basis but to me I still over with the if they're in that tier with the Bucks and the Celtics 
I think I give them the edge just purely on having Kevin Durant, Harden, and Kyrie, just those three guys. And yeah, they figure out it out on def- the defensive end enough in the playoffs. And that's why I think, you know, if it's the bubble heat, I like the bubble heat, but we don't have Jay Crowder anymore. So that's we're gonna get, a whole no, we're going to get it together. We'll talk, we'll talk about it. And the Sixers, I, I like right now. So Bucks and Celtics, I'll take the Nets right now, but still, I guess. Maybe I'm a little bit. They're still underperforming, you know, from what I first thought they could have been. So, Alex, number seven, who you got? Who's next? So, uh, one team that I think I expected them to be a little better than they currently are, as far as just their record, has been the, the Denver Nuggets. But I still think, I mean, if we're doing power rankings, I know we have different definitions. I might even put them over the Nets just because their their record is pretty similar. And no, I, just, I mean, I'm actually okay with that because. Yeah. You would look at their record, they're 13 and 11, and say, oh, the Nuggets can't be that high because they're lower in the Western Conference. But I'm okay with that because to me, it's about who's right now would you not want to see in the playoffs? Who has the best shot mm-hmm. of winning the title? And so, and so the Nuggets, John, I think the main, really the main reason for how great they've been, the reason I really like them as a team right now, is Nikola Jokic. And, that, and he's averaging 27 points, 11 rebounds, and 8 assists on 56, 40, 85 shooting splits. And he's those are basically career highs in every single stat. I think the only one is like he's right now he's fifty six percent from the field. Like when he was younger, he had like a year where he was like fifty seven. But mm. that's not a big difference. And every yeah. and every night he's going out and putting up these insane stat lines. And and he, John, I know we we've been saying this about Luca. He's a guy who uh, and it reminds me of that like Kobe quote. He's like you know I was watching Larry Bird film because I I couldn't figure out how he was how he was doing what he was doing because he he looked slow as hell to me. Right. You know he looked slow as shit. And that's what Jokic is. Jokic, obviously not a great athlete. There's all those funny photos of him when he was younger, when he was all fat and chubby and whatever. Yeah. And like this guy, like the you know, going to be the league MVP right now. Right. So, so I, I think everything for that team surrounds Jokic. What I will say, talking about you know the other half of their superstar equation or star equation, whatever you want to call it, is Jamal Murray, who this year you you know coming into the season, you looked at guys, all right, who could make like a next step up into like top 20 player range or top 15 player range and Jamal Murray after in the playoffs last year averaging 26 points six assists you know five rebounds which is like that's like over any stretch of his career incredible and shooting over 50 percent from the field and 45 from behind the arc I thought Jamal Murray's gonna come out and have an incredible season he hasn't you know been as that good and we can talk about whatever reasons we think it is but at the end of the day, I do expect that I know that Murray has one level that he can still jump and go up from, from where he is right now, which is why I still think that the Nuggets, despite their record, which is like pretty, you know, average, I'd say it's not incredible. It's nothing right. crazy. I still think that they're they're going to be certainly in the mix. And I think they're probably like a top three team in the West. No, yeah. I can't disagree with that. I do love Jokic. I mean, he's a very likable player. And I think a lot of fans, you know, are, are on that wave. And I would like to see... Either him or Embiid win the MVP, whatever. If it's not LeBron, and we're not giving LeBron the lifetime achievement MVP, whatever. So I, I, I'm all with you on the Nuggets. What I will say about Jamal Murray and him not taking that leap yet is, first we know he's capable of it because what he looked like, you know, in the bubble. But the other thing to keep in mind, he's 23 <coughs> years old. You know, we just turned 21, Alex. He's only two years older. Yeah. Than us. He's so young and still has. Four or five seasons until he really supposed to hit his peak. So I'm okay right now if he's not the best right now. Like right now, what I think I'm saying for this team, regardless of whether you know they have the title window for open right now and they're gonna blow it because he's not maximizing his potential. If they can keep those two guys together with the emergence of now, I guess 
Michael Porter Jr., who's also about 21, 22. Yeah. Well, if you can get him that about third piece, that trio is a tough trio to oh, compete with uh, John, for the next five, six, seven seasons. I'm glad that you mentioned Michael Porter Jr., who he has had some struggles this year, and, and it's all it's a lot of it's on the defensive end, but he's still a, very, a guy who's very young, has a very a lot of upside, and he, we've seen him, you know, have incredible plays and flashes of, of what he could be. But I think that one of my favorite fake Bradley Beal trade teams is the Denver Nuggets. Oh, I'm you could get you a little, a little, you know, Michael Porter Jr., a few first-round picks, and whatever contracts you need to send also to make it work. Maybe it's Will Barton. I don't know. Now that's a very, very legit yeah. team, and that that's why they're one of my favorite fake. Yeah, Bradley Beal trade. Well, one teams. more fun thing to talk about with this team is just how talented like they've been from like a draft perspective. You know, off the bench, and like I was watching the other night, and like there were dudes in the court. I was like. I forget, like, who is this guy right now? And they're all, like, just zinging the passes around, good offense. It was, like, Murray and Jokic were off the floor. And I was just impressed with how their bench is. You know, they got Will Barton there. And thinking about a guy like Jeremy Grant that would have been on this team still. And, like, of course he wouldn't be, like, the, you know, 25-point scorer that he is now with the Pistons. And he just bet on himself, you know, to get that big contract and to be the number one guy on that Pistons team. But imagine right now, he'd be tied for... I guess he'd be the number three guy, or tied, you could say, after... Murray, Jokic, and then he's in there with Porter Jr. Yeah. And then also on a defensive end, he's just help, he's helping that team out, which definitely has some defensive holes. I think that would have been cool if, to see him if he would have stayed. They still got Paul Millsap, of course, mm-hmm. on his like you know veteran contract as yeah. he's getting older. But Nuggets are a fun team, and they're a team that I look at and I'm like, wow, they're seven on this list, and it just makes me excited thinking about the league right now and like how Incredibly many just deep. fun teams there are. It's like. Forgetting like how good they are, like a team like the Charlotte Hornets won't crack this list, but they are fun on a nightly basis, you know. And that's for a future episode we can do our league pass teams, which of course you know the, the Hornets are up there, the Warriors and Steph Curry are up there, but uh, it's the league's as fun as ever in my opinion. Okay, John, those are seven teams. Who is the eighth team on our power rankings? So eighth, you know, it should be the Heat right now, but I have to give <laughs> this team the nod over the Heat right now just because of our slow start, and that's the Celtics. I love how mm. good having the, the duo of uh, Brown and Tatum is right now. And looking at those two guys, number th- back-to-back, you know, th- number three picks in the draft, just two wing guys that you know had, had a good head on their shoulders, had, you know, a lot of potential as, you know, 18, 19-year-old guys, guys coming into this league. And you see, you see them maximizing that. Like, they're getting the most out of it. From what Jalen Brown looked like, he was – coming into the league, very unpolished, raw, t- like, just potential there. And now we're seeing him get there as a 26 yeah. points per game scorer in the league. Tatum, of course, is who he is That he, ever since, you know, his coming out party in that series against the Cavaliers in 2018 and the Eastern Conference Finals against LeBron. You know, having those two guys, and people talked about, you know, oh, should they trade one of, like, a few years ago, it was like, trade one of them for, like, you know, Porzingis was in there. And or like, like Kawhi Leonard. Jimmy Butler. Or even Kawhi if they were to get Harden. They Anthony probably think Davis. Harden. Brown. Any of those guys. And I think they have to look back on it. And like, I know everyone's, we've, we've heard, Nick Wright is someone of Fox Sports 1. He's someone who's been very critical of them not, all the assets they had after that Brooklyn trade mm-hmm. for KG and not Pierce. Really not using any of that. But they have to look back and at least be pretty happy with what they've done with those two guys. And those two guys and alone are the reason that I have this team where I have them. I think there are a dark horse team to get out of the East the same way the Heat were last year. And for those reasons, I'm picking a Boston uh, team. Certainly. And I think I mean, with them, it's it's very clear that they have one of the best young duos in the league. 
And the thing that I love about them is that they play both ends of the floor, which if you have two guys who are going to be able to score and defend oh, yeah. on both ends, and they're, and they're both, I don't even know, are they both still under 25? I mean, they're yeah, incredibly no. young. Tatum's and, 22 and Brown's like 23. And in the NBA, I know we like to give our, our Celtics fan friends a lot of crap for, for us beating them in, in the playoffs and, and everyone hyping up Tatum and all these things. At the end of the day, you look at that team and, and you know, you don't want to – you don't want to get complacent and say, well, they're so young. We have this window. But you really, those guys are so young. They have a lot of time to develop. Yeah. And, and we're so, I think, in the, especially in the NBA, we're so, and in, in, we're just so quick in, to judge and right. to, to hop on these guys and be like, you know, they're not good enough. They'll never get it done. Yeah. When in reality, those guys, they, they're going to make it happen at some point. And for any 2K players, they are one of the f- most fun teams to use. But just because of those two guys, you can just score pretty much on anyone yeah, and also play pretty good, good perimeter defense. So fun 2K21 team. All yeah. right, number nine, Alex. Number nine. To the end of the list, who do you got? I have the Phoenix Suns, who I probably would actually put over Boston, John. But I have the Phoenix Suns. Monty Williams been a great coach. Another young big story. star, Devin Booker. Yeah, young star. Of course, the big story was, you know, Chris Paul coming in. But I think the, what we've seen from them, it's kind of been, I guess, for me, the difference in the, in the what I've... I wasn't expecting for them to come in and do was Bridges. you have Br- Mikal Bridges as well as Cameron Johnson, your two wing guys who are really, I mean, high draft. You want to call them? Though, yeah. You want to call them baby versions of of, of Tatum and, and Brown? They're definitely they don't have the, oh, the upside. The only reason I'm saying that is they're two young wings who who play who do it on both ends. And they win the and, lottery too. So like yeah, you see some of these teams. I think we've seen this kind of with the Cavs too. It's like. They're in the, that lottery every year. Now we're seeing like all these young guys, like Colin Sexton. Like they drafted him yeah. a few years, and now we're like, oh, he's actually pretty yeah, good. He's good. You know? <laughs> Same thing with these two. Like, oh, they drafted those guys pretty early. Yeah. Like here they are. Well, like, Cameron Johnson. I remember good. that pick at the time. I was kind of shocked, but I was like, well, why did they like, little, why did they pick yeah. him? It was, it was a little early. I think they traded for him or something. But or they traded down to get Cam Johnson. Um, but but they they've been they've been very impressive this year, and and. I'm glad that they're one of the teams that I anticipated being good this year, and they are good. Because mm-hmm. I love Devin Booker. I love Chris Paul. And so, and I think Monty Williams, he's, he's an underrated coach in the NBA too. So they, they've been great, and they just beat the other night. They beat Giannis, and Giannis dropped 47 on them, but wasn't enough. So, right. so I'm going to have them at the All ninth right, yeah. spot in Respect our power rankings, John. Number 10, the last spot. I think there's a lot of different ways you could go. I'm just looking at the standings here. I mean, in the West, you got we didn't say the Blazers, we didn't say the Spurs, we got the Golden State Warriors in the mm-hmm. East, Pacers. I mean, no. I'm not, I wouldn't say the Raptors. But. No, not not today, Eli. <laughs> All right, so come on, this is a Miami Heat podcast. I couldn't not put the wow. Heat in our top ten. Yes, their record shows that they should probably be like twentieth mm. on our power rankings or whatever. But maybe fifteen. Here's the argument. Yes, they went to the the bub- They went into the bubble last year. They surprised everyone. They got to the they NBA stole Finals. Hearts. They would have won the NBA Finals if Bam and Goran Dragic didn't get hurt. But that's it for another. I concur. Episode. I concur. And right now, yes, our record is not good. We are eleven and fourteen, but we've won four straight games. We're and Jimmy Butler and Hero and Dragic and Bam and like pretty much every guy on our team <laughs> has this time. Okay, without Butler. We are two and nine. Here, how about this for an MVP case? And of course, the Heat's record isn't good enough, and Butler's stats aren't as impressive. I mean, twenty-seven and seven is pretty impressive. Right. Twenty point seven rebounds, seven assists. But two and nine without Butler. With Butler, we're nine and five, which is kind of like how some of these Eastern teams started off. You know, the Bucks and the Nets and. Uh, What's the third team? On oh, the Celtics, those teams that at that point, thirteen games, fourteen games, whatever, they were about nine and five. So I'm saying, look, look at where we were when Butler was there. Forget, I'm not even saying when Dragic wasn't there because we've missed him, we've missed Hero, we didn't have Dragic or Hero last night. We've missed um, Bams for time. 
I'm just saying, look at what we've been with our best player there. We're 9-5. We're going to get back on the right track. And going forward, I think we get into the playoffs. And hopefully we can secure a top four seed and have some home court advantage. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, John, I don't know if I would have put them here at 10. But now that you're doing it, you're talking me into it. I definitely, I mean, I think the best argument is that not, is that Bar Butler has been out of the lineup. We're 2-9 without Butler. And that's... That's that's a ton of our that's, that's most of our saying. most of our losses. And John, watching get into us, a seven game series, and they're up there with teams you don't want to see if they're at full strength and healthy. Don't look at their record and when yeah. they weren't when when we were playing with you know G League guys on the team. And and watching us last night, John reminded me, gave me a little glimpse, a little window of of how we were in the bubble, and and which was. It like I mean, it was so shocking to to see this this team at the beginning of the season. Even when we did have our guys in the lineup, and just the, the energy wasn't there, the defense wasn't there. The it, it, it looked we looked like a completely different team right. from the team that we just watched go to the NBA Finals in October. Um, but last night, like I said, gave me a glimpse of that. We were down ten points in the, after the first quarter. We we bring it in down within early. six at halftime. In the third quarter, we go on a huge run. Hold. It wasn't. It was not a third quarter. It was just a great third quarter. We hold the Rockets to only ten points in the third quarter. We come back, and and it was a great. Jimmy Butler was leading the way with twenty seven points, ten rebounds, ten assists. Bam. And then the, I think the other thing is like Bam struggled all night offensively. He ended up with a near triple double, <laughs> so, which yeah. is why and had a triple when double. you have when you have Jimmy and Bam, they're two guys who even when they're not scoring the basketball, they will still be able to to impact the game and help you get wins. Even like I said, even when the, when the shots aren't falling, so I think which I think that's that's always going to be one of the strengths of the Miami Heat, and and you know what, we're, we're turning it around and yeah. we're going to get and on this this little this little win streak going. And on, Spo's going to figure Congress. out the, the rotation, and I like that none has been better than he has been. You know, since last season he's been good so far this season. Yeah. got a starting job so far. Maybe I mean, he, he's been trading places with with Tyler Hero. Yeah, again. and I, I would <laughs> rather see Hero in that sixth man role, and until he becomes. Like that guy, which he it's his second year season in the in the league. He's twenty one years old. Let's give him his time before he becomes the guy. Hand him over the keys. I don't. I think it was a little bit early. Still having a guy like Dragic. I think Dragic should be the starter or none if we like none in there. And Hero is that guy off the bench. He's in the clutch time lineup. But for right now, I w I want Spo to figure that lineup out. Having Hero off the bench. Well, I think with that, you know, putting Hero in the starting lineup is we we kind of forgot. After his after the bubble and the bubble run, we forgot that he's still twenty years old. He yeah. just turned twenty one. And at the end of the day, Kendrick Nunn, while I would say he's not as talented as Hero, he is older. And, and and at some point, you know, there's there's a level of you're still young, you still got to figure things out. And and he had that stretch in the bubble, which is incredible. Now we know what his what his peak can be. But I I, I do like him still off the bench, giving him time to to you know let the game come to him essentially. For sure. So. That is our, our top, those are our top 10 teams. We got the Lakers at one, Sixers, Jazz, Clippers, Bucks, Nets, Nuggets, Celtics, Suns, and the Miami Heat at number 10, rounding out our list. This has been a very fun episode, John. We're going to be back on Monday. Lots more to talk about. We're going to get into depth about some other topics. We're going to talk more about all these great teams. And the All-Star returns, of course, which have been coming back. We are going to do, at some point, our own All-Star rosters and whether or not we think it should happen, which I think it's still pretty pretty clear. Right. I don't know why they, they should even Well, I saw more. I don't know if you saw this, but they're trying to do a dunk contest at halftime of the game. Did you mm, see that? No, I didn't see that. Yeah, so they're trying to kind the of I think pack I think it as dunk, much as they can. A dunk contest could be relatively safe. Yeah, when you have all the guy, players just shipping them to the, all the same place, I think that's a little dangerous. It's like, I mean, uh, imagine the league, all their best players, all that's like, like essentially all it's the dangerous. money on the court, 
And then, like, you know, you don't want anyone. what happens if someone has COVID? That's no. it's just, like, it's disaster. So, anyway, it's been a good one. Thank you for listening. Peace out. Go Heat. <laughs>